You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey everyone, Tennis.com podcast. I'm Ed McGrogan talking with Steve Tigner out at Indian Wells. He's been there for the week uh, covering the matches, including last night's quarterfinal between Nadal and Federer. Obviously, such a tension on that match. Um, and afterwards, you know, 6-4, 6-2, very one-sided really. A lot of people uh, pointing to Federer's back as you know such a big reason for that match, the way it ended up. Um, but what did Nadal do well on his own, Steve? Because we're going to end up talking about what Rafa has next. And you know, obviously, he still did some very good things against Federer. Yeah, he was pretty happy with the way he played. And he looked a lot better than he had the night before against Ernest Skolbus. Right from the beginning, even in the way he warmed up and the way he moved around, even before the match started, you, you noticed there was something different, something that felt like, sort of look, looked like the old Rafa. And he moved that way during the match. He said... That, um, that he was really happy with that part of his game. He hit the ball better, hit the ball with better depth. Um, he said he, his words where he played a fantastic first set. You know, no matter what was going on with with Roger, Rafa was really happy with how he played that. I, the one thing that he's not doing, he says, and it's pretty easy to see, he's not fast enough or not ready to get around and run around for the inside-out forehands, which are such a huge part of his game. He hasn't gotten to that point so um, that's a little different, but otherwise, you know, I think it, it was a pretty good step forward for him on on these courts. Yeah, thinking about who he could potentially play down the road, I mean, his movement, I think, could perhaps be more exposed by if he made the final against Murray and Djokovic, guys that are going to put him all over the court. Burdich, who he plays in the semis, uh, is obviously a different character. He's beaten Nadal before. Nadal still holds a big edge in the head-to-head. Uh, but for Burdich, as you wrote about recently, he always kind of seems to be really on the verge here of you know, perhaps getting into that uppermost echelon. Have, have you seen much of Burdich at Indian Wells? I mean, kind of how he's been playing this week, really. Yeah, he's been good. I mean, he hasn't played, he doesn't have any big wins, but he's been very solid. He hasn't lost a set. Um, the player he played yesterday, Kevin Anderson, had come in playing pretty well, and Burdich took care of him um, with you know in pretty routinely. He normally doesn't like. He's this is the first time he's ever made the semifinals here. He normally doesn't like a lot of wind or a lot of elements. He's you know um, he's sensitive to that. He's a tall guy with a high ball toss, but so he's, I think he's happy that he's been able to play well here. Um, he may regret what he said. After his last match, he was asked who he would rather play between Nadal and Federer, and he said, I think we all know who I would prefer to play. And that would be Federer, because he's beaten Federer the last two times they've played, and he hasn't beaten Rafa since 2006, um, something like over 10 matches in a row for, for Nadal. He, Burdich went on to say that he, that would be a really tough match against Rafa. If it was hot, it would be hard for him to win. He really sounded pretty downbeat about it, not that he won't you know, believe in himself, but but he, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if he's gonna. That was the best way to come into this match against Rafa, right? Kind of putting yourself behind there. Um, so maybe now I'd like to kind of ask you the question that you really asked yourself uh, about Burdich itself is, you know, do you think at some point this guy will have this major breakthrough that he, I think Moses would assume is capable of, uh, maybe more to the point, do you think he'll beat Rafa tomorrow or um, when this match happens? I mean, for Burdich, it's a guy who, it's someone who I've seen 
who kind of continuously amazes me because he has, uh, I think, pretty good movement for his size. He has some of the f- some of the biggest strokes I've ever seen with a take back that doesn't really seem like um, he can he can put that much power into the forehand, but they just explode. And you know, he really is. Uh, if if you wanted to build a tennis player for the modern age, maybe you would be building a guy like him. But but he always does, as you mentioned, seem to kind of stumble at, at these really huge, big, big gut check moments here. And, uh, you know, we're still waiting for that moment for Birch. I think that basically translates to we're waiting for him to win a Grand Slam tournament. But if he won Indian Wells, that would be, I think, unquestionably his biggest performance of his career. Yeah, he won in Paris at Bercy a long time ago, but this this would be a bigger win. This would be maybe the first signal that he's ready to do something more. If I had to guess, I would say he's he's not going to win this match and that he's not going to have his breakthrough because he seems to be good at winning one big match but not being able to follow it up. He beat Federer at US, the U.S. Open last, last year, and then he played Andy Murray, a guy that he has played well against in the past, but he couldn't beat him on, on that occasion. It seems like he's he's had trouble with the follow-through. He beat Djokovic at the Wimbledon semifinals one year and then lost to Nadal. It almost seems like there's one too many guys ahead of him and who are always there in the tournaments. There's always two guys he has to beat. He can't do it, uh, maybe because he's just a little less consistent than, than those guys. I know he doesn't like to play Djokovic at all because of Djokovic's defense. He does everything that Burdish can do and then and better. Um, he doesn't mind playing Murray, but Murray is also still a better defensive player. So it's almost as if he's gotten comfortable playing one of those guys, Federer, and believes in himself against one of those guys. We'll see if he can do it. He can start to believe against another, you know, maybe two out of four we can get to. Um, but I, I still think it's a long, it's a long road for him, um, just because of that. Just because there's, you know, four guys ahead of him rather than one or two. Last thing, maybe let's look ahead. Perhaps how Rafa does. You know, let's let's say let's say Rafa makes the final of this event. And you know, to me, I feel like we're thinking about a week and a half ago. We were wondering if Nadal would play this event. That hard courts are essentially like a poison to him at this point, and is you know just just coming back from seven months on tour. We didn't, you know, I don't think. I really am kind of surprised at how well Nadal has done so far at Indian Wells. I mean, I know he really walked tightrope against Galbus for a little bit, but, but how big of an achievement would it be for Nadal if he's to make the final, perhaps even win this tournament? I mean, to me, this is, I'm almost thinking back to some of the instances in the WTA a couple of years ago where after very extended layoffs, you have Serena Williams, Kim Kleisters come back and just you know, just win a, a massive tournament like this. I, I think there's obviously differences there, but, you know, what do you think of Nadal if he really happens to, you know, keep going on this run here? Well, if he beats Djokovic in the final, then that's pretty huge. I mean, I don't think anybody reasonably expects that. Um, he's He is something like 15-1 and one so far this year. I think you don't even realize that because he came back and lost an early match to to um, to um a lower-ranked player, Horacio Bios in Chile, but he hasn't... You know, he, he hasn't lost since then. Um, he's done amazing. I think even he said he's done, you know, he's done amazingly well. The only downside is this tournament doesn't really lead to, to anything for him. He won't play, probably won't play in Key Biscayne. This is going to be his last hardcore tournament, most likely until after Wimbledon. So he goes to clay. So it's sort of a sort of a one-off. It doesn't lead into a grand slam exactly. So he sort of starts over on clay, which is, which is obviously great for him. But this tournament um, sort of, 
is on its own as a, you know, and in the, in that sense, it helps him because he's he seems very very relaxed, almost as if he doesn't he's not worried about losing. I think that's helping him. But I think if he was to play Djokovic and beat him in the final, that would be a, I think that would be a major message. Yes, uh, I think that's very safe to say there. Um, Steve, I'll let you get back to everything out there, and we'll catch up um, tomorrow. We're going to discuss the women's final once that's settled uh, in tonight's semi. So uh, we'll talk to you then. Thanks again. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.